everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we are breaking down Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm super excited to talk about this one. We'll do a brief conversation that will be spoiler-free, talking about my thoughts on the movie, um, things like that, and then I will give a little bit of a warning as we dive into spoiler territory, talk about some of my favorite moments, and, uh, you know, kind of maybe what's going to happen next, all that good stuff. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I came into this movie, I tried to come into this movie with the lowest expectations. Um, I have not done a podcast on the other Guardians films, but I have talked about them on other episodes. They are uh, not my favorite of the MCU films. I'd still call them great movies. Um, I'd give them 8 out of 10s, both the first and the second one. And honestly, right now, I'm sitting at about an 8 out of 10 on this third one. Um, There's a lot that I really liked about the film. Um, there's also some things that I didn't like about it, just the same as with the other Guardians movie I th- movies. I think that's partially a product of James Gunn, who is someone that, for me, is very hit or miss on a micro level. Uh, on a macro level, I love the guy. Everything that he's done, I've enjoyed. Um, he's just got some things in what he does, um, you know, dialogue, writing, direction, all of that that I'm not a fan of. Um, but again, little bits of it. So it doesn't certainly doesn't ruin the movie for me. But as an example, uh, in, you know, in Guardians of the Galaxy number two, there was a lot of cringy uh, scenes in that movie. Uh, wasn't a fan at all of what they did with Drax and making him a complete dummy. And uh, they didn't do anything to really change my opinion about that in this new one. Uh, though there are some things we'll certainly talk about uh, in regards to his character too. But overall, like I said, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was a very fitting end to the Guardians trilogy. Uh, it's it, you know it's a it's an end of an era in a sense because most of the characters that are coming out of the Infinity Saga we're now finally seeing the wrap ups and you know I I could look at you know where we're at and I think I could be wrong I think that might be the last one of kind of that original group um, you know I'm not counting Black Panther Captain Marvel since they've kind of thrusted themselves into these new phases but when you're talking about like the endings of the Infinity Saga Captain America all of that stuff um, all of those characters I think this is the last one um, especially after Ant-Man so that was big uh, and again there was a lot of anticipation for that the trailers certainly hinted at a lot of you know stress and anticipation ahead uh, in watching this film and so uh, I definitely felt that while I was watching the movie um, there is a uh, just an overarching tension throughout uh, especially on the first viewing so I've only seen it once uh, I am looking forward to seeing it again I don't know when I will again we're you know in the midst of moving so uh, I don't know if I'll get another chance I'll certainly try to but that might tell you a little bit about where I'm at with the movie as well uh, in terms of I'm not rushing to go see it again. It's two hours and 30 minutes long, so it's longer um, than the other two in the trilogy. Uh, it didn't necessarily feel like two, two and a half hours, though there were a couple of moments where I was like, okay, you know, it's kind of getting a little long in the tooth, and again, going back to just some jokes and bits that they did in the movie that I did not find funny. Um, nor, and interestingly enough, again, this was I, I saw it opening night on Thursday. There were certainly laughs throughout the movie, um, but there wasn't as much of a reaction 
as uh, you know from prior films. Um, there was no cheering in in this movie, in, in, even in spots where I was, you know, reacting because I <laughs> I don't not react when I'm in movies. It doesn't Marvel movie it doesn't matter if something crazy happens. I'm gonna have some sort of freak out, or I'm gonna say, oh, whoa, uh, and I, you know, usually I'm joined by others, uh, but I was the only one, which was interesting. Again, certain moments where. Oh, it's just, you know, you get that moment in your chest and you're like, finally, like, oh, yes. And uh, and no one else was reacting, which was interesting. And again, I don't know if that's because this movie is set up to be so sad and people were just in that space of holding their breath the whole time to see what would happen. Uh, and so I'd be very curious to see how I would feel on that second viewing to see if some of those things change. But I know for a fact, again, some of those jokes, some of those um, you know comedy beats, I would not react well to the second time around as well. Um, but overall, when you're talking about like the themes of Guardians of the Galaxy, this found family, I think this movie hits home perfectly. I think um, for every single character in the group, there's some form of closure um, by the end of the movie, which was great. Um, certainly was expected and uh, definitely delivered in that regard. Uh, I will say, I think, and I, I've seen it in many reviews, that um, uh, Will Poulter's character of Adam Warlock was underutilized, and I, I would completely agree with that. I did enjoy what we got. Uh, and when I think back on it, we get we, you do get quite a bit of it in the movie. There's there's quite a few scenes with him in it, but the problem is that he doesn't need to be in this movie. And again, no spoilers around that. It's just that the things that he does and his trajectory in the film are kind of inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. Certainly, I will say that he's kind of the linchpin that gets the movie going and uh, kind of comes in clutch at the very end of the movie, but you could have easily taken any other character and put them into those positions, and you wouldn't have blinked an eye. So it, it's one of those things where I was wondering, like, why is he in this movie? Um, but at the same time, again, I was glad to see him because I'm a fan of Warlock from the comics, and uh, it was nice to finally get him on screen, especially after that tease in the second movie. Um, so that was cool. Uh, all of the other Guardians, I thought, you know, in their own rights for what... I'll say for what James Gunn has been trying to do with these characters, they all were satisfying in their own right. Um, I just wasn't a fan of some of the characters in this one. And, and again, that's because I wasn't a fan of them in before. And this is where, you know, the uh, the drawback, and it's not necessarily a drawback, but just kind of my own personal issues with the Guardians films in general, a lot of it stems, too, from my love of, of comic books. And I say that to say... Um, for example, right, we've got Secret Invasion coming out, or even even better example is uh, Captain America Civil War. The Civil War comics, those were the comics that got me into collecting comics. That was actually the first comic I ever purchased um, at a comic book shop was the first Civil War comic when it came out. Um, and so I was obsessed with that series. I loved it. I read it multiple times. And when that movie was coming out, again, a lot of expectations. The, the movie met my expectations. But I loved the movie on a whole nother level because I loved the comics. And the same can be said for certain things like... Um, trying to think of some examples, but like, uh, again, you know, the secret invasion, I have a feeling and I, ho I hope I could be wrong, but I have a feeling I'm going to really like that show because I really liked those comics. I, I ate them up when they came out. Um, and guardians of the galaxy were never comics that I read. 
Um, I was never into them. Uh, I have some, and I certainly have ones that I still need to read, like the the uh, Labbit, Abbott and Lanning uh, comics from that Annihilation period. Um, so like I'm super familiar with them. I read Brian Michael Bendis's, but even reading those comics, I just never connected to the Guardians. And, and really, and it's funny too, because it, it translated to the movies. Uh, and I have said this before, but my favorite Guardian on the squad was always Rocket. Because just the idea of a talking raccoon was always fascinating to me. And so whenever he was in the comic, I was always really interested. Um, funny enough, I was really into Drax in the comics too because he was such a badass. Um, so you can understand why I get so frustrated with him as a character in the movies because they portray him as the exact opposite. But Star-Lord never hit home with me in the comics. Gamora I always loved. Uh, and I love Gamora in the movies. Nebula, same thing. Wasn't a huge fan of her. I've grown to become a fan of her and in this movie. Mantis, barely read about her in the comics. So kind of the same with Groot. Groot was always interesting, but at the same time, I never really attached to him because he just only had his three words and, you know, he's Groot. Uh, and my version of Groot that I always loved was the one from the first movie. Um, adult Groot. And so we still haven't gotten to that point yet, though um, for fans of, you know, different versions of Groot, I think you're going to like that in this movie too. Uh, but all of that to say that there's just, there's something about the Guardians movies that, you know, kind of puts them a little lower for me in my rankings of all of the MCU because I don't really have an attachment to them from the comics. It'd be the same as if, you know, somebody who's obsessed with Harry Potter, Harry Potter's a bad example because those movies are amazing. But um, basically, you know, you, you read a book and you really love that book and a movie comes out that's really, really good and you're going to love that movie for the most part, right? Especially if it's faithful to the book. Um, and if it's not, you're going to say, right, oh, the book is better. Well, it's, I, I'm almost the exact opposite. Like, I, 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 honestly, I probably like the, the Guardians movies more than I like the Guardians comic books. Um, but even that, again, it's just, you know, the characters, I don't attach to all of them. So it's hard to put them in the same category as other Marvel movies where I love all of the characters a ton from their comics in those. Um, so just that to say, again, I'm, I'm going to be having some nitpicks with this movie that I'll share once we get into spoiler territory. Um, but it's all just coming from that place of I don't have a huge um, affection for the Guardians of the Galaxy. I never have. Um, and I, I wanted to put that out there because it's not me bashing the movie, and I'm certainly not planning to bash the movie, but some of these things that I may have an issue with, you might not have an issue with because you maybe never read the Guardians comics and you fell in love with the movies and you loved all of those characters. Or you loved the comics and you loved the movie too. So um, some of these things, take it with a grain of salt. Again, I think everyone's comedy palette is a little bit different. I certainly know that um, not, a, not a lot of the Marvel humor hits for me on certain movies. There's a ton of it that does, but especially that James Gunn brand of humor, there's a lot of it that doesn't hit for me that hits for a very wide audience um, that I'm just, I guess, not a part of. And that's okay, right? Not all movies are for everybody. And so, again, I say that and bring it back to, I really liked this movie. I'm, I gave it an 8 out of 10. When I was in the movie, I was thinking of giving it a 7 out of 10. But for the way that it pulled off wrapping up the trilogy, I bumped it up an extra point. But that's kind of where I'm sitting. And one other thing that I'll say that, again, is not super spoiler, but something I want to call out before I forget. In one of the biggest things that I love about the Guardians movies are, is the color palette. I love how vibrant the movies are. And the first one did a really great job of that. I truly believe the second one took that to a whole nother level 
when I just when I think about and I, I'm sure you, everyone does this right when you're thinking back on a movie you get little flashes and snippets of the movie right those things that stick with you the, the most and for me Guardians Volume 2 everything is color related it's all of the scenes on Ego's planet where it's just crazy technicolor the uh, Yondu's funeral at the end this third Guardians movie did not have a lot of color in it and I was actually pretty surprised by that there's a scene in the trailer where all of the Guardians are jumping out of a ship and they're all wearing different colored suits. Honestly, that felt like the most colorful thing that I can think of thinking back to the movie. The rest of it was kind of a bland color palette of, you know, grays and tans and browns from being on these different planets. Um, But again, just, you know, a little minor nitpick that I would point out. But at the end of the day, um, I enjoyed it. Again, fitting end to this film uh, trilogy and very interesting place that the Guardians were left with. So, you know, as I'd say with almost any movie, I really recommend you checking it out, going to see it in theaters. And that is where I will end my non-spoiler review. So, if you haven't seen the movie, you can pause it here, come back after you do. If you have seen the movie, stick around, because we are now going full spoilers to talk about everything else in the film. So you have been warned. So with that said... um, I'm going to start with, because again, I know I spent quite a bit of time there kind of uh, um, talking about how, you know, I don't like it and I do like it at the same time. So let's jump into my favorite moments of this film. Um, My number one favorite moment, and this is when when I'm telling you that I cheered in the theater completely by myself, was uh, at the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie, um, Rocket Raccoon says uh, he... He's like something, whatever. He's like, who do you even think you are? He call he uh, the high evolutionary calls him by his specimen name, and uh, Rocket says, "I'm my name is Rocket, Rocket Raccoon," and I lost my mind. And you know, just the buildup of that over these three movies of him constantly saying, "Don't call me a raccoon," but again, from the comics, we all know his name is Rocket Raccoon. Um, so for him to finally embrace that and to embrace it through the way he did, which was finding all the other little raccoons and seeing the little tag that said that they're called raccoons, you know, just him embracing who he is um, made this movie special. And honestly, like I said, this movie, I would not have it where I have it right now in terms of how much I did like it without Rocket. Had he not been in this movie or hadn't he not had such a big role, I probably wouldn't have liked this movie as much. And I think he's him and of in and of himself, and also because he was my favorite character from the group, uh, made me really love this. Uh, at the same time, I would say that it was really tough to watch this movie from that regard. I love animals so much. Um, I'm always trying to become best friends with any animal that I see. And so to have so many torture scenes and experimenting scenes with animals... And worst of all, to have him through flashbacks. And I also saw, I saw in some review that called it out. I didn't realize it during the movie, but I was laughing because I was like, oh, yep, that they were essentially Book of Boba Fett flashbacks to where every time Rocket is on the operating table and like sort of passes out, um, we get a flashback to his kind of like the, you know, Book of Boba Fett with the back to tank. Um, I'm just, I'm not a huge flashback kind of guy. And so to see that, it took it out of the movie quite a bit for me every time that happened. But the flashbacks were so visceral and they were so traumatic that you just can't help but being just sympathizing with with Rocket as a character and loving him even more. Honestly, I can't wait to rewatch this trilogy in a row knowing what I now know, especially the first two movies. I think there's going to be a ton of enhancements there. I will say I didn't didn't, uh, document it, but I did call out 
that um, my big prediction was that Rocket was not going to die in this movie. And I, I was right, and I knew I was, because no one in their right mind would subject an audience to a cute little raccoon being tortured for a majority of the film to only then kill him. And so I'm glad that James Gunn thought that same way, and I'm sure he he realized he had some room to work with the trailers in terms of trying to trick people. But again, I feel like that should have been obvious. Like you can't you can't do that to that guy. But what surprised me even more um, was that no one died in this movie. That uh, no one on the Guardians died, which was insane. I was expecting a few deaths. I was really hoping that Drax was going to die, um, and he didn't die. Uh, so great, you know, good, good for the fans, I suppose. But again, let's bring it back. Okay, so that was my first favorite thing. Um, the next favorite thing was after the credits. I loved the new Guardian setup, but especially Phyla Vell. Um, she's one of those characters that's kind of been on the periphery of comics. I don't know a lot about her. I just know that I really like her, uh, only because in her current iteration, she's blue with white hair, just very visually cool um, character. She's kind of the same as Captain Marvel. Um, she's kind of an item with Moon Dragon as well. Um, there's just there's some Guardians characters that I'm much bigger fan of than some of the current iterations, so I'm really excited to see um, where this new group goes from that first post credit scene. That was really cool. Um, but yeah, and again, was very surprised that it was a kid. I was not expecting that. Uh, you know, I, I'm a sucker for this, and I'm sure many other people are, right? We love our hallway scenes, our hallway fights. I loved that one-shot fight scene. Um, it was great to see all of the Guardians working together. I will say, uh, and I saw it in Dolby, which is honestly, in my opinion, the best way to see a movie. It still felt a little busy, a little CGI-heavy. Um, but I wonder if, again, that's just because I was so sucked into it at the time, because it was cool. It was so cool. Like that scene where um, uh, Quill just keeps throwing those little electrical bombs at people, and then Groot's got his trunk through, uh, you know, through another guy. Wow, it was just, I thought that was cool. And then Rocket getting his due finally. I mean, I get that Rocket was the main character, but I wish we'd have gotten more of him kind of fighting uh, throughout the movie. But hey, we get what we get. Um, so that was amazing. I loved that. But here's, here's the other, I've got two more, so I did five. Um, but the next one, this one's really powerful, and this was where uh, the emotion really hit me because, I, again, I was really thinking that Rocket was not going to die. And then when he goes to that big sky and Lila's there, the little cute little otter, and she says, like, you can't, now is not your time. That's when I started choking up because I was like, oh, wow. Oh, this is, I was not expecting to get emotional about this. And she said something because he says, you know, I was created from nothing, basically. I don't matter. I'm just a freak experiment. And she, and he says, like, you know, someone just made me. And she's hugging him, and she says this line, which was my, uh, besides the rocket, rocket, raccoon, my favorite line in the movie. She says, there are the hands that made us, and there are the hands that guide the hands. And uh, I've been sitting on that phrase for these last few days, and obviously there's not a lot out there right now, because I was like, what does that phrase mean? Because uh, it's a powerful phrase. And so, you know, funny enough... <laughs> I read a I read a mini review from a very religious website that was talking about it and put it in perspective for me that I was actually surprised about but it was basically essentially what she's saying is yes 
there are the hands of someone who creates you, right? Like the high evolutionary, someone who thinks that they're a god, but we know they're not, right? He says, he even says it. And I, I loved that line in the movie. I wrote that down. It's not going to make my moments, but I get to say it. Um, when he says there's, there is no god, that's why I stepped in. That, and they didn't really explore that any further, but I thought that that was fascinating, where he's even acknowledging that he's not a god, but he's stepping in to kind of act like one because so many things in his eyes are going wrong. Um, but for her to say that, she's essentially saying there are people like him, but there are bigger things out there. There are things that we can't see. There is a guiding force in the universe that is guiding the hands of people, good or bad, but that to, to not fret about that. You, you are not who made you. You are more than that because someone made them too. And so I just thought that that was so powerful. And for someone like him, it's the exact thing that he needed to say because he is perfect in everything except his own self-confidence because he feels like he's this abomination. And we see that throughout this movie of, you know, his struggle and how he has become who he has become. And I just, I loved, I hated it and I loved it. Seeing how smart he was, him talking about wanting to build rocket ships and go out into, you know, the stars. Ugh, it was just, it was beautiful and it was very sad at the same time. So I loved that. Um, and then my final one is, uh, I'm a big Florence and the Machine fan. So to hear Dog Days Are Over as the final song and to have that be what kind of gets Drax dancing, Groot dancing, uh, Rocket dancing was beautiful. Uh, I thought that was amazing. Uh, I will say, again, another nitpick, I, I, I would say this was the weakest of the three soundtracks. I, there were so many needle drops that did not work for me in this movie. Um, no Sleep Till Brooklyn as your final hallway fight song felt so strange to me. That song, the the beat, the doon doon ch, that beat is so off. And in, in this case, cacophonous to the fight itself. It should have been a much faster paced song. But hey, again, I'm not the one who made this movie. And I'm not a majority of fans who I think loved this soundtrack. That's great. Uh, my love of the soundtracks has decreased with every movie. So I got to point that out, though. Like I said, I got to call them as I see them. Um, but let's talk about, okay, now that we've got the, the favorite scenes out of the way, let's talk about the characters in and of themselves. And so like I said, um, try to stay positive with this. I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I could trash anything. Uh, you guys know me. I could, I could just talk for hours about that sort of stuff. But I am a big believer in if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, so I will try to get as close to not saying anything at all <laughs> for some of these things. But start at the top. Peter Quill. Uh, he's, it felt like he was barely in the movie, but he was. Uh, it was very interesting to see him as a sort of side character. It was so strange in, in the best way of how Rocket kind of is the guiding force of this movie. But you start to see how weak of a character Peter Quill is, where he's basically only there to be, to in this case, attempt to be the romantic interest for Gamora. Um, but he learns a valuable lesson, I think. And so we see him dealing with a drinking problem, relationship problems. He's just a broken dude. And so honestly, I think him leaving at the end to go back home and be with his grandpa is probably for the best. Uh, I was surprised that they chose to have him be the person they said will return. Um, because out of, you know, the people who went away, I, I, I'm good if we don't see him again. I'm fine. But and it's nothing against Chris Pratt. Again, I just think... Quill's character is kind of, his uh, use has dried up in my eyes from where he was in the first movie. But hey, again, it is what it is. He had some cool scenes, though, I will say that. his I thought it was very funny when he had his the MCU's first F-bomb uh, talking to Nebula. 
again, in terms of comedy, I, I just could they they could have put that anywhere else in the movie but they chose to have it be this gag about how she doesn't know how to she can operate a spaceship but she doesn't know how to open a car door okay cool all right that's fine also when it comes to how we almost thought he was going to die in space why is his uh why is his face get all bloated here but it didn't get bloated in the first movie um also why did will why did adam warlock save him when the perfect icing on the cake would have been Gamora saving him since he saved Gamora in the same fashion from the first movie. You talk about a full circle. But um, again, you know, when you talk about Adam Warlock in that sense too, and we might as well just talk about him right now, he served two purposes in this movie. He's the person who injures Rocket to kick off the movie, and then he saves Peter Quill. Anyone else could have saved him, like I said, Gamora. Or how about you just have him make it? And, you know, he presses that thing against his chest and it shoots him all the way to the ship. That would have been fine, too. And then in terms of anyone else in the universe hurting Rocket, um, anyone could have. You know, it could have been some uh, creature creation from uh, from the High Evolutionary. I don't know. So that's where I, all of his other gags were fine. I thought Will Poulter was funny, but I thought the gags were very basic. Like, oh, we get it, dude. You're super powerful. You got a little pet now, and no one respects you because you're a kid trapped in an adult body. He's basically like Shazam in that sense. Um, but okay, so that's him. Uh, let's do Gamora next. So I thought Gamora was great. Uh, you know, hats off to Zoe Saldana for being able to embody two different Gamoras in the MCU. This person, this Gamora felt completely different. Um, I thought it worked. I thought she was very angry, and uh, I thought a lot of characters in this movie were very angry, which is kind of a, a minor nitpick, but again, hey, everyone's got stuff going on, but her whole um, story of finding family again through the Ravagers, that ending, I was very happy with that. That was a very unique sort of twist, um, which was really cool. Uh, you know, her hair is a little bit different. She's a lot meaner to Quill or Quinn, as she calls him. But then to, for her to say, like, I think we, w- we were fun, weren't we, or something. We had fun. And he was like, yeah, we, you know, we did. Um, that was cool. So, I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed her. But she, again, also was very, like, I'm going to kill everybody, and I'm going to kill you and kill you. And um, I was like, okay, cool. Again, I get it. She's the assassin of the galaxy. I did love the acknowledgement that Nebula and Gamora had for each other, which was the, huh where they would like look at each other and grunt. Um, I thought that was great. Uh, so speaking of Nebula, same thing. I think Nebula has now hit her peak. Uh, I thought, you know, she really hit her peak in Endgame. I think that in many ways she was one of the stars of Endgame. And so we don't get to see it that much in this one, but her new arm was really cool. Uh, I liked that. She is the person where I would say um, she was upset with everybody. And so I don't know if that was, you know, James is directing of Kieran Gillen, but it felt like every single thing that she said for the most part was either a very small whisper or her yelling at people. And I get it. She was very sad about Rocket. And that scene when Rocket came back to life and the first thing he says is, where's Nebula? Uh, and then Nebula getting all emotional, finding out he was okay. That broke me. I thought that was amazing. But at the same time, I was just, there were many scenes where I was like, why are you being so mean to everybody? Like, I get, I get that you're upset. And Mantis even calls it out in that one scene with her in Drax, saying like, you know, Drax is the only person here who doesn't hate himself, which was another really powerful line, played off as a joke and also with the questionable idea that she's been wiping Drax's memory. Um, though based on his character development, I don't think he has a memory. It sounds like he has a very short-term memory. 
I was a man. I, I had talked about this, and I obviously I'm not the person who made this movie, but I had said it would make so much sense sense that they, you know, uh, Dave Batista. We'll talk about Drax now. Dave Batista says, "Okay, I'm done with the MCU." So kill off that character because they've put Drax in such a pigeonhole in this movie. Not this movie, sorry, this franchise. Where he comes out as Drax the Destroyer in the first movie. He seems very menacing. He's a really good fighter. We learn about this terrible backstory with his family. We hear very little mention of that in any of the other films. Um, we hear bits and pieces, but he just becomes a punching bag for jokes and being, you know, being labeled an idiot and he's just dumb. Everything that he says is not funny in my eyes. Again, I know a lot of people are fans of him. That's fine. But you can't deny that he is the, supposed to be the destroyer. And I and there was a scene. I was getting ready, and I was like, holy crap, are they going to acknowledge it? There's a scene at the end when Nebula says, you're not the destroyer. You're, the, you're, you're a dad. And I was waiting for her, waiting for her to say, you're not a destroyer. You're a dummy. And I would have been okay with that line because I was like, you know what? He just, he's a lovable doofus. And you know what? If he can realize that and everyone else can, I think we're in a good spot. Obviously, you know, the dad part was super touching. But I still was like, he could have died. And his last words could have been, I'm coming, honey. Like, finally, I'm going to get to be with my wife and my daughter. And that would have been such a beautiful ending to him. But no, we had to keep him around so that we can get some more jokes out of him. And I honestly, I thought he was dead for a moment when uh, Nathan Fillion's character shot at him in the weird intestine room uh, of that, you know, Orgo Corp or whatever that was. That place was really weird. I mean, as an example, there was a <laughs> there was a bit in that we get another classic Guardians bit of, oh, I've pressed the wrong button and everyone can hear what I'm saying. Well, no, the the green is for red, the blah, blah, the, this. And I was like, can we please get back to the movie? Like, this is not that funny of a joke. We get it. He he went on all comms just like in any other comedy movie. Um, and that maybe was partially because I was just trying to see, is someone going to die? What's going to happen next? Can we stop with these jokes? Um, and so, yes, yeah, so like I said, a couple of them didn't work for me. That was one of them where I was like, Okay, like, all right. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's my opinion on Drax. I know I am in the absolute minority when it comes to him. I know a lot of people like him, so I'm sorry if I've offended anyone. But at the same time, uh, I'm not sorry because that's just how I feel. So uh, Mantis, after Holiday Special, Mantis grew quite a bit in my eyes. And I think they built on that growth in this movie. Was she obnoxious in some scenes? Yes. Um, but overall, her story, her arc, I thought was great. Her making the decision to go off on her own, and not only that, to be with those squids was fantastic. Um, her being the one that pushes Peter to go back home, which I didn't think about it during the movie, but I'm like, man, it's it's her, it's his sister telling him that. Like, how cool is that? Um, so she she uh, went went a, quite a ways in my eyes in this film. But again, there were some moments where she also got really upset and yelled, um, which again, it's, I don't have a problem with yelling. It's just hearing it all the time. Uh, at some point, it's like, okay, can we just can we use our inside voices for a little bit? But that's the whole point, right? They're a ragtag group of uh, space people, so you know it makes sense. Um, who else was there? Cosmo. Cosmo, I thought was great. I love that dog. Um, I loved seeing her use telekinesis. I thought that was really cool. The whole good dog bit. Um, I thought it was funny the first time, and then after the third or fourth time, I did not think it was funny anymore. Again, thought it was very overplayed, but. They did that so that at the very end, we'd get surprise, surprise, Craglin saying, you are a good dog, um, which we all knew was coming about a mile away. 
I thought Kraglin was going to die for the same reason <laughs> as Drax that <laughs> I wanted Kraglin to die. Kraglin, for me, hit his peak uh, when at the very end of Guardians 2. When he is, you know, tapping his chest and saying bye to Yondu, that scene gets me emotional every single time. And since then, he's kind of, you know, been relegated to the background. And so we kind of see that. Oh, and I, I was saying as a joke almost, I was like, you know, you could easily do it where he's practicing whistling. And he accidentally, you know, the, the arrow goes through his skull or something like that. And I almost thought that was going to happen in the beginning when he was doing his training. But for him to get that scene at the end when Yondu shows up as, a, as an apparition and he just starts wrecking shop with his arrow, I immediately was like, okay, all right, you know what, I'm good. And and to have that be uh, at the end too, right, in the post credit scene where he's like, you know what, I think I can take care of this all on my own if you guys want to just relax. I thought that was great. Just, just to show how far he came in this movie. And so to me, and then him pulling pulling the uh, nowhere to fight the high evolutionary ship. Wow, that was cool. So he, honestly, he, and as I'm talking about it, he heightened himself in my eyes, um, which was great. I loved that. I loved him. Um, so really my only issue, I guess, would have been with Drax in this movie. And honestly, I've had an issue with Drax since volume two. So that's just, that's just me. Uh, and then last we have is Groot. So um, he is Groot. We now uh, get kind of, sort of, I guess, confirmation at the end that we can now understand Groot, I guess, is how that's how I took it. I think I've seen a lot of people saying that too, that, you know, when he says, I love you guys, the way that he said it, it almost sounded like our translators were starting to, you know, understand, just like Gamora, uh, which was so cool. Buff Groot, wasn't a fan of him at all, uh, but him as a character, I thought was great in this movie. I just didn't like the way he looked for a little while, but when he turned into Kaiju Groot, I thought that was badass. Uh, I think one of our, uh, our buddies of the show, Ryan said Kaiju Groot or not Kaiju, sorry. Um, King Groot for, uh, at the very end when he's got that giant crown on his head, I have no idea, but I thought that was really cool in the post credit scene as well. Also kind of loved when he got his head blown off and it was like a little spider head. Um, that was pretty funny too. So no, again, you know, Groot doesn't do much, but he shows up where it counts. And for him to have a scene where he's got a ton of guns at his disposal, when he grows wings, um, he honestly had a lot of really great moments to shine. So that's the Guardians. Uh, when it comes to the high evolutionary, Chuck Woody, um, the actor, I thought was fantastic. Uh, again, easily could have been a throwaway villain, but for him to have attached himself in such a way that you can trace his line, his lineage in a sense, through the first Guardians movie, you got to have a good performance. And he absolutely pulled it off. Um, there were so many scenes where I was on the edge of my seat just because of how mad he was. Again, we keep talking about how everyone was so angry. Um, but he made so many compelling like statements, and, and I say that from the sense of everything he said, I just kept thinking, holy crap, Like this guy is driven and insane at the same time. Um, and then to have all these other people kind of going with it, but he was powerful. I mean, he had some pretty interesting powers. Uh, you know, we don't see, obviously he's done after this movie, but he's such an integral part to a lot of Marvel stories in the comics that I wonder if we'll hear more about that. But if we don't, I'm also not going to be heard about that either. I did love the whole idea that he had this stretched face because Rocket wrecked his face. Um, that made me really happy too. Um, uh, so yeah, there's him, obviously the pigs and his, his, uh, you know, all those other people. I thought, you know, all of them did fine too. Um, the other little animals were all terribly tragic and sad. 
Um, that was really tough. I mean, there's a lot of it where I was like, I don't know if I want to see it again. Like, I, I just don't know if I could handle some of that stuff. But it's worth it, I think, for some of the payoff at the end of them just realizing, you know, this time has passed. It's the end of an era, and it's time to move on. Um, and so in that respect, again, I think I really appreciated this movie. I'm trying to think if there were any other songs that really hit me. I think the biggest one really was that uh, Florence and the Machine song. Oh, obviously, you know, Rocket's doing Come and Get Your Love. But also, in general, I loved how much Rocket loved the Zune. Um, he was constantly listening to it. He's singing a lot of the songs now. And I loved that throughout each of the films, right? The first film, he doesn't care about it at all. He doesn't know what music is. Um, to well he kind of does though doesn't he and you know what that's interesting so as I'm thinking about it you know in the flashbacks right the high evolutionary had music playing in his place and he was like what what's that and he was explaining to him what it was and so I think Rocket already had a predisposition to liking music um, just because he'd heard it before and so it makes sense that he'd slowly start to like it more and more and be singing it like Man, all of that I thought was just so cool. But then, okay, we're going to get to another thing I just realized as well. Uh, so when they're going to attack the high evolutionary ship and all of the pig creatures and animals start busting holes in, like, rocket ship, why did the, the cockpit not just explode into the void of space due to the pressurization? There was a lot of space issues that I had in this movie, too. And, and don't get me wrong. Again, you know, space was great. I enjoyed it. But it was just, like it unfortunately took me out of the movie a couple times just because of the logic they have created in the other films to where when he got the, when they punched into the ship i immediately was like great so he's about to get launched into space and then he didn't and i was like oh okay and then same thing with peter i was like oh so he's flying through space i guess he's gonna be fine oh wait no i guess he's not gonna be fine oh but no actually he is gonna be fine so th they definitely played with your emotions a little bit there too which uh Again, you know, that's part of the movie, but um, kind of bringing it all back and, uh, you know, to kind of wrap up, like I said, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I do want to see it again, and I, I would like to see it again in theaters too. But if we're looking at it in this moment from a rankings perspective, um, and I, I think I might have a very different ranking than a lot of people, but right now my Guardians rankings are the order of the Guardians movies. So one, two, and then three. Uh, and I think part of that is because uh, of a lot of the things that I said throughout here. And who knows, maybe maybe that'll change. Um, I have it in the lower half of, of my MCU movies. I, I would say I enjoyed, I definitely enjoyed Mania more than I enjoyed this movie. Uh, and that's, again, you know, all of those things are subjective and they can change. That's just partially recency bias, partially um, the opposite of recency bias. Um, there's a lot there. So, look, all I'll say is go check this out. It was a really fun movie, a great send-off to the Guardians trilogy, a great send-off to James Gunn as he heads off to uh, greener pastures in DC, uh, the DC universe. But it does make me very confident for his future, for the future of the franchise, and it, it puts us in a really exciting position for the future of the Guardians. What, Where are we going to see them next? Are we going to see them next? And I love the idea that you know what? It doesn't matter. We've gotten the perfect goodbye here, and we can hang on to that for a little while longer and enjoy um, enjoy some new characters now as more people sort of come in. So that's where I'll wrap up. Uh, let me know if you liked this movie uh, more than me. Again, if you're a majority of uh, people, it's a good chance you probably did. I've been seeing so many positive reviews, and I'm glad for it. Again, the movies are back. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. I think they're, they're pegging this one 
as not making as much as the first or as the second Guardians movie, which is interesting. So I don't know if there's something to be said there. Maybe it's also because the movie's a little longer, it doesn't get in as many theaters. But regardless, thank you all so much for coming on this little journey with me. Uh, for the Guardians franchise, for comics and cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we will see you at the movies. Thank you.